When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. On 1116 SEN, the award-winning crunch time. Get more out of April with great drive-away prices plus bonus value on a huge range of Honda models. Fall in love with lunch again at Subway with 19 fresh new ingredients at participating restaurants. Opportunity for it to come out now. Here's Orazio Fantasia bending it back for his third. Boy, are they hot at the moment. Joe Danaher has kicked one goal one. He goes bang with a big kick. It's close, it's close! Magnificent! Have a look at him. He's being almost cheered off the ground. But today, it's all about the Essendon Football Club. They were naught and two and looking in trouble. They've recovered magnificently, finding themselves in the eight at three and two. Round one, we were, I think my words were shell-shocked. Our contest work pretty solid and our offense was great. Took a good score and we defended really well. Yeah, we're really disappointed we let ourselves down today. Uh, it's nowhere near good enough comprehensively beaten in a lot of areas. We certainly planned to go into the game very differently to the way it looked, um, and we weren't able to execute our end of the bargain. We also weren't able to After take over Essendon too well. After a spluttering start to the season, the Bombers' bandwagon gathers steam as they make it three wins on the trot. Their coach, John Warsfold, will tell us what turned it around and what's next for the on-the-nose kangaroos. will dissect their poor form. Hand pass over the top, they're going to get another one. Ebert's going to get his second. He's got an easy daisy daisy hand pass from Butters over the top. And this is ugly, real ugly for Adam Simpson and the Eagles. Had it right up. He's got the shot on goal, 25 out directly in front of the stroke of halftime. This is a shellacking of the highest order. This is an absolute pizzling. And the Port Adelaide theme song is ringing out in front of a lot of disappointed West Coast Eagles fans. It was really important to make West Coast go into halftime feeling like it was a, a significant margin because I don't want to bring up the past, but they've, they've been able to get us a few times when it's been close enough. Pretty clear that we were facing a very hungry side who um, outhunted us from the very beginning, really. So at the start, the first five minutes, I think we all saw the intent and we couldn't match it. So, you know, where do I start, really, in terms of what we need to work on? But, you know, we didn't match that early. And then uh, we didn't match a it A purposeful late. Port Adelaide pick apart the Premiers. Just how did they do it? Well, we'll ask Eagles coach Adam Simpson. It's laced with danger. That kick knocked forward cleverly. And the pass is skidding through. It's not a pass. It's a shot for goal in the end. And it's gone through. Majacek received it from Elliott. And he's put it through. And it's disastrous for the Lions. And then to Trelaw, who power runs into the pocket. Get some protection, steady, pops it over the top to Stevenson, job done. 
first multiple goal kicker of the game, Jaden Stevenson, on the end of a brilliant piece of running from Adam Trelaw. They chained it up beautifully, and the Pies are quite simply devastating in this opening term. Forward handball to Brown, ducks in between, and opens up for him. Callum Brown, come on down! Marvellous goal! A Collingwood win by 62 points. A reminder of the Magpies' strength and exactly where Brisbane are right now in the picking order of the AFL in 2019. Collingwood 18-15-123 to beat Brisbane 8-13-61. The Magpies flex their muscles and remind the Lions they have much work to do. We'll look back at Thursday night in a big edition of the Crunch. This is Crunch Time for Honda. Get more out of April with great driveway prices plus bonus value on a huge range of Honda models and fall in love with lunch again at Subway with 19 fresh new ingredients at participating restaurants. Good morning, Kane Corns here with you for Crunch Time. Now, the boys have gathered. They're pretty ready and fired up to dissect the action so far. We'll start with you, Dermot Brereton. He's along for the ride. Derm, what'd you make of it? Good morning. Hey, Kane, how are you going? Hello to the boys who haven't been introduced yet, but g'day anyway. Um, it was fantastic. I, I love to see the old style game of Hunter and Hunted. And uh, the hunted were the reigning premiers, and, and the hunters came out, Port Adelaide, and severely hunted them. So we'll pull it apart in a, in a few moments' time. Well, no doubt we'll do that with Adam Simpson, the coach of the Eagles. Bob Murphy is along for the ride. Bob, hello. Hello, Kane. Hello, Dermot. And hello, the unnamed soldier as yet, David King. <laughs> Morning, boys. Happy Easter. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, a bit to dissect, but there have been some pretty lopsided games. A few sides went the Easter eggs early, perhaps, this round came. But can't wait to get Can I just pull you up on it. that? Do you really mean happy Easter to anyone? <laughs> Do you really mean it? Well, I think you'd have to ask. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't do it with much gusto, so but happy Easter to happy you. Happy Easter to you, dude. Yeah, good on That's you. better. Give you, give each other a hug. Kingy is here and you didn't hold Morning. back yesterday, Kingy, when dissecting your former club, North Melbourne. I think you called it embarrassing without putting words into your mouth, but what did you make of it? Because it was ordinary. Oh, it was. Morning, lads. Um, it was really dis- – I guess when I was talking last night, I'm talking as a Kangaroos fan. and Your phone lights up because people feel the same. You know, the Kangaroos faithful for years have turned up just, just to see effort, for years. And, and that's all that they, they demand and that's what they should get. And, and I felt they were well short of getting that last night, whether it's in the planning or, or the way that they attacked the game you know, from the captain down. It just wasn't there. And and I think embarrassing's probably summed up the first half. I mean, how do you have 18 Weren't tackles? they in it at quarter time? Didn't they have a, a – they were thereabouts by quarter time? Yeah, and, and you can mount a case that they were inaccurate in front of goal and, and maybe maybe could have um, could have been a lot closer. But just in, just in the flow of the game, they allowed Essendon to play their brand of footy. And they didn't take anything off them. And, and, and they've become a really easy team to play against the Kangaroos. Can, can I ask you the, the one thing about you know, football? You have teams who come out and rarely, but that does happen, they don't give the, the required amount of effort. And then you have teams that come out and they give the effort, but you know what? They're just not good enough. 
Where so, does North Melbourne sit? So, what if you're saying they're not alluding to the fact they're not good enough? That's fine. You can't afford to play shootout football if you're not good enough at you, that style. You can't. You yeah. can't. You can't engage uh, the opposition to at, let them be their best against your best if you're an inferior squad. I mean, that's just that'd be the definition of just lunacy. But they've been this way for a while. I mean, they're the 17th ranked defence in the competition again this year, coughing up over 100 points on average a week. I mean, you just that's just not the profile that's going to bring any success. We know they were threadbare early on with their back line, but yep. now that they've got Tarrant back and and Thompson, Thompson back, yep. and they're still getting scored against, is it problems further afield? And I, as you know, we did different matches last night and we sort yep. of – can only glimpse at each other's games that the other's covering. When I was glimpsing at it, I, I saw Essendon carrying the ball. At, this is at a glimpse stage, I might say. Essendon carrying the ball and never pressured by chasers. Well, they're having a go, but just couldn't get to them. The thing, the thing that jumped out for me, Kingy, was when we, when we watched the Cats and the Hawks on Monday – the idea of them carving either side up through the middle early, just that doesn't seem like that's what we'll see. And that's not what we usually see in those big games. What we saw, what I saw last night was right in the first, I mean, Dyson Heppel goes straight up the middle early and that they carve them up through the middle quite easily. And that's, that's, a, that's hard to do against good sides and especially for big games. And, and that was a big game, big a big marquee sort of game. I thought, that's, how can that's that happen major. in this day and age? That's, that seemed to jump out to me straight away. I go, wow, that's just so that's you're the least you're the least time out of the game. Why does that happen? What what are some of the symptoms that that happens? Well, it, it's it's the breakdown of team defence. So, if it, and it only has to be one, but that one in the middle is the most crucial. So Dyson Edward goes back off his that that kick from half back. That's the that's the most dangerous kick. So that's almost when we talk about team. That's the that's the spot to cover first. That's the first reference point, and then we go wider. And, then, from and then we if and so if that gives them down the line, will that give? But if he's got that one to go after, you know, he doesn't go quick. He gets back off his mark. He's a left footer. He looks in the middle of the ground with his on his preferred side, and just whacks it straight through. And they're, and they're out. Big, this was a big game for the Kangas. This is their marquee game for the year. It was a really poor showing last year. The game was really ordinary in 2018. So, so they had to make a bit of a statement. They had to, I felt they had to come out and, and just make their stamp early. In the first quarter, they allowed Essendon to kick the ball at 78%. Oof. Now, that, that's, a, that's a number that's 20% too high mm. uh, for starters. So they didn't take anything off them. The ability to move the ball by the Bombers in the first quarter should have given them a healthy lead, really, to be honest. And they kicked, I think, five goals, three from from the back from the defensive fifty across the course of the game. That won't be happening on Monday no. if you want to compare it to a to a top line team. The Kangaroos have hung their hat on contested footy, being being tough on the inside, and have gone and got players to fill outside roles. In 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 a space of four weeks, they've lost their identity as a as a a tough midfield. You look at the scores from stoppages, the scores they've conceded this year. 49 points, 44, 52, 15 against them in a win against the Crows and 49 last night. They get they are, they are getting pummeled where, where they're meant you, to be strong. You, you can't tell me that Cunnington's not not that type of player, though. Has he just got not enough support in there? 
maybe, maybe, maybe. You know, Jamont's getting some good numbers. Um, you know, Higgins is in there a lot. Anderson, Anderson is important to them, but you know, for, for the for the players that were supposed to complement the group, it hasn't quite worked. And I, I watched them last night, and I've watched them closely. I watch them every week, clearly, Derm. Um, and probably harder than I'm harder on them than any other team. But it looks to me like there's 18 individuals out there when they play. And everyone's trying take- to do their thing, but there's no there's no real unity about the way they defend. There's no real care for the bloke next to them. It's just let's see how we go, and, and that, that's take- not, that's unsustainable. The calls from the North Melbourne fans this morning on the Star Twenty One Open Line one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Want to ask you, Kingy? They they won twelve last year. They finished one game outside the eight. We predicted last year, or many of us, that it was going to be a poor year for North with the experience that they've lost. It, did that hurt them, the fact that they were so close last year and they thought, well, hang on, mate, maybe we're not that far away, so let's go and get four uh, mature players from another club and then we will push up into the eight. Did they misread exactly where their list is at in the off-season? Oh, I don't know the answer to that. And, and, and their read, clearly they thought this year was going to be a good year. I mean, there was there was a their motivational video released at the start of the season basically highlighting the fact that the media had written uh, 2018 season off for the Kangaroos, saying that they had the worst list in the comp. I think that was Terry Wallace and had mm. a comment from Gary Lyon and Matty Lloyd. And it was, it was, it was like, wow, did, did the Kangaroos win the flag last year? Did I miss something? What, what, why are we doing this? Why is this the avenue we're going down? Just I haven't what, seen it. So you're saying that the, the whole the, the gist of it was they put the cart before the horse in, in their yeah. and propaganda. I just, I just thought it was... I just thought because it was a can bad be, start to the year. There can That's, be uh, – I haven't seen it either, Dem. So there's the there's the us against the rest of the world thing. Did it, did it sort of go a bit further than that, do you oh, Well, you, you can have us against the world, but the best way to do that is to keep it in-house. Yeah. You know, you play with the, that chip on your show, and that's been the kangaroos for years. They've, they've embraced – Oh, so it didn't get out. It was put out. It was put out. Oh, oh was right. Released. Okay, sorry. Okay. Yeah, as a, as a almost a come-with-us by membership style um, release. Um, I'll try and, try and get it put up on our social media later this morning, but – I just didn't think that was the time for that. Um, it, it, for whatever reason, Kane, to answer your question, I, I don't think the inclusion of these players has had the effect, despite the numbers that they're getting, some of these guys mm. like Pollock and, um, in particular. They seem, been good. They seem, to be, they seem to be uncontested players that are just swanning around. They're not attached to a Cunnington that they get that first release yeah. and then – and then damage. Can can I ask for some blue sky for the North Melbourne supporters then? Is there, from what you see on their list, the capabilities of rising and winning games on a, at a consistent level? They'll win games because because of the way they play. They'll, they'll have a 15 to 20-minute patch that will be just awesome. And then the opposition will have their 20 minutes. And they'll just win games... Just through the through the the ebb and flow of yep. mode of, of momentum, really. Um, but, but I don't think the way they're playing at the moment will bring consistent success. It certainly won't. It certainly won't bring um, final success. I don't think. Let's and go I, to the phones. David is on the line. He wants to have his say on the game yesterday. David, good morning. Uh, you think David's not dropped there? Off, so let's I think. go to Frankston he, he, and we'll speak to Caroline. We have got Caroline. Good morning. 
No. Yeah, we're no, battling we on the phones here at the moment. We're either battling that. on the phones. I've just got to pedal a little harder over in this Come corner here. Go. <laughs> either that or they're all swearing <laughs> off the top. Which well, is stay on there, chance. David and Caroline. We'll get to you. We don't. We don't. Can't push the right button here. I'm furiously pounding them. I want to ask you a question, a serious yep. one, Derm. Jack Zebel had six disposals last night. No, yep. no tackles. That's your captain. Like he was good the week before. At some point. At some point, they need to put him in the middle and just let mm. him let him. Uh, yeah, set the standards. Yeah, and I heard you comment that last night when we were waiting to come on here. I heard the rest of that. And, and that would seem the logical um, explanation. Why can't you throw your captain in there to throw that big, big body frame around and just hurt a few on the way through, give some leadership, you know, raise the sword and say this is where we're coming from. The only thing I'd say is do the – if you've got Cunnington in there, if you've got Dumont in there, and then you throw Zebel in there, are they all a little bit heavy-bodied, pound in at the absolute core of the pack, and there's nothing on the outside? If the opposition get it a little bit, we don't have two or three steps to drag them down and hold the ball in if the ball goes the other way. Are they too one-paced? Maybe, but that was happening anyway. Yeah. So I, I just thought. So you thought a, that yeah. in as, a, as, a as, a as a wild card. No, and a, I wanted to go in and eyeball a couple. Yeah. Hey, this is mm. this is getting out of control. Yeah. Yep. What are you doing, Ben? What are you doing, Trent? Yeah. Where are we going here, Jed? What what what's your planning? Where are we hitting at Goldie? Let's get organised here, and just raise the bar. Yeah. It, it just slid. The game was just slow. Because they're getting beaten yeah. by what was happening anyway. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Derm, you're a magician. Apparently, you fixed the oh, phone lines. Oh. Star 21, your world, endless possibilities. David, we have you there. Good morning. Good morning, James. How are you? Good, David. Good, mate. Yeah, thanks for getting the screwdriver out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, Essendon fan was at the game yesterday. I'm not turning my nose up at a 10 goal win. My only concern was that North were very poor. And if we're truly meant to be in contention, good teams turn those 50-point wins into 100-point wins and then can make decisions like Geelong and Hawthorne have been so good at over the years to manage at the end of the season. And I just felt that we got dragged down to North's level in the second half of the game. They were very good, Essendon. And what what they bring is 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 quality, isn't it? I mean, Has Shields given well, them a new dimension? Well, and his, like his speed. We were talking about his speed before. It's like... It's almost like he's remote controlled. Someone's got a joystick and just moving him around, passing players. Mm. Dermy, like, I, 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 my nickname for him now is the T one thousand from Terminator Two, where he just, <laughs> you know, his his head doesn't, it's perfectly still, and he just <laughs> through and the kicked numbers. It, kicked yeah. it better as well, Bob. He kicked it at seventy percent, which has let him down so far this year. Let's handball. Yeah, yeah. So, David, I'd say take the win, yeah. and, and as you get turn into a smoother uh, outfit as the t- season goes on, first. Few First well. four a few games or so, you're still you're still teasing your 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 your, your game plan into absolute prime um, functionality the way you want it to go for the rest of the year. So if you've got this in round round five. I think you're looking pretty good by now. They, they've ironed out a few kinks in the first two weeks. Oh, gee whiz. They've had <laughs> so a screwdriver out as well. Take the there. win, Dave. I, I think I think he's a Glaswegian, Dave, too. <laughs> so where are we going next? We're going to Frankston. Going, yeah, it's your country. Oh, oh yes. Good morning, guys. Hi, Caroline. How are we going? Good. We're great. Not great. Look, I'm an avid North Melbourne supporter. I'm not profounding to know AFL that well, being a female. But I'm very disappointed and absolutely disgusted in no shimbona spirit. I've never seen a team kick backward and chip pass as much as what they do. And they handball happy. 
and I was disgusted that Brad Scott said at quarter time on Channel 7, we're not playing our game plan, we need to slow it down. Now, if you can't hit your target slowing down, you've got no hope in going forward. First of all, Caroline, dispel the fact that you're female and you say you don't profess to know everything. You can <laughs> see it and you know what's happening out there. You don't have to go to the moon to see it and know that it's there. Spot um, on. Yeah, d- David? I think she's spot on. The shin bonus spirit is something that uh, gets brought up a lot. And and for a long time there, that's all we had. But you have to use it, don't you? Yeah, you have to be it. It's 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 the identity of the footy club, and it was it wasn't evident last night where it has been across the course of the last the last decade. And that's I think, I think that's Brad's big, biggest challenge right now is to get this group back together, playing a united brand that defends well, that attacks together, doesn't rely on one player kicking a bag of goals or one midfielder winning all the clearances and contested footy. Needs to be a group a group outcome. We're up and running for crunch time. Great offers on Honda this April and Subway. Fresh new ingredients. Fall in love with lunch again at Subway. John Warsfold, the coach of the SNN Footy Club, to join us next. Fall in love with lunch again at Subway with 19 fresh new ingredients at participating restaurants. Morning and welcome back to Crunch Time. Kane Corns, Bob Murphy, David King and the five-time Dermot Brereton in the house for you. Yesterday, it was a pretty dominant Essendon that got the chocolates over North Melbourne by 58 points. Their coach, he's won three on the trot, is John Warsfold. John, congratulations and welcome to Crunch Time. Thanks very much. It was carnage before the game, two late changes, and one in particular we didn't see coming. You, you did elect to include Joe Danaher to replace Zach Clark, who was uh, in doubt all week. Take us through the thought process there. Yeah, uh, Zach Clark um, had just got a cork calf the, the week before. Um, so with our training program going into uh, a Friday game, the, the main session for us was on Tuesday, but he didn't get up for that. He, we Felt it was better to wait an extra day for him to uh, to train. So he trained on Wednesday and got through everything he had to do. So from all accounts, he was uh, part fit, ready to go. So we selected him. Um, he didn't then train with the guys on Thursday because he'd had his run on Wednesday. Uh, but Friday, woke up and said his calf was really tight and uh, that he could feel it walking on it. So he had to get in and get medically checked. And the docs uh, believe that he must have had a rebleed in that calf cork um, and wasn't available to play. So they ruled him out at about 10.30 yesterday morning. Um, and uh, we'd left Joe out of the squad because we really had, by Thursday night when we put the squad in, didn't believe there was any doubt with Zach Clark. So uh, Joe was always going to be a better replacement for him. So we had to um, you know, notify the AFL and the media and, and North Melbourne Footy Club uh, you know, that we'd erred in terms of putting our squad in and we wanted to add Joe Danaher into it. Sarakis was um, was really a, a late fitness test to see how he'd come up. We wanted to give him every day. On Thursday, he said, I couldn't play uh, today, but it's getting better so much, uh, so quickly. I might be right tomorrow, and we were happy to give him, um, you know, another 24 hours to see how he pulled up. But uh, he also had a run around about 10 o'clock on Friday morning and couldn't hit top speed, so we ruled him out then. So with the Danaher one, I guess there will be some form of sanction from the AFL. Have they let you know what that will be? Because he wasn't, as you said, included as one of the four emergencies. Uh, I'm not sure. So that that goes beyond me now. We I certainly knew there was going to be a fine. Um, you know, it's stipulated um, in the rules that uh, if you make a change to your, to your um, 26 on game day, that there is a sanction. So 
Um, that wasn't something we just took for granted. We certainly went through the proper procedure of through our football manager and our CEO making sure that they were comfortable that uh, you know we it wasn't a deliberate ploy that uh, we're wasting the club's money. Um, it came about through a, a lot of different circumstances. So, um, yeah, we, we'll have to cop that. Um, and uh, we certainly had to weigh that up prior to making that decision. Well, Sturm here. How are you going, mate? Good, Dern. Thanks. Excellent. Hey, Dylan Shield, has he changed the complexion of how you set up in your stoppages? I mean, a lot of the time we see him exiting the front of the stoppage with nothing but cut grass in front of him, and we know his power and his speed off the mark. It, it puts a complete different complexion on, on, the, on the game. Have, have you set up differently from previous times to cater for this or, or, or cater to it? Well, that's a very good question, Derm. Um, I Hayden Skipworth runs all our midfield and uh, stoppage setups uh, with James Kelly. So those two guys run all that. I don't get too heavily involved in you know what they're asking players to do. Um, but there's no doubt when you add someone that brings you know a certain level of uh, real key strengths to your group, uh, you look to maximise that. But you also look to see how it blends with with what you currently have. So. We have been like testing things out a little bit with how we've used Dyson Heppel, Zach Merritt, um, even Devin Smith uh, over the first few rounds while Dylan's been there to see, you know, the different roles and, and what the different setups are going to look like. And there's no doubt after the first couple of rounds, the guys have got a really strong idea about where our strengths lie in terms of our setups. But it also depends on obviously ruck versus ruck and, and how much advantage you think you might be able to get out of the hitouts. He, he's, he was eagerly sought after by many, many clubs, and he, he chose the Bombers. I think Dev Smith had a bit to do with that, getting him across the line and, and, the, and the club as it looks to progress forward. Is he a better player now that you've got him from what you can see at close hand? Is he what you exactly thought he was, or, or is he lie somewhere else? Is he, is he better than what you thought you were getting? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. I, I think there's a couple of things. If you go back a couple of years when Dylan was uh, made the All-Australian team, he was obviously at the absolute elite level, uh, and that's the Dylan Shield we were looking for. Yep. Um, last year, he didn't have quite a dominant year, and he acknowledged that he uh, had some surgery, some shoulder issues post-season, and it limited his, uh, his elite preparation. So this year, we were confident. He, he was wrapped with his uh, preparation. He had no surgery. He felt like he was ready to prepare himself to get back to his absolute best. So, you know, we, we spoke to him a lot um, about, you know, his attitude to the game. We understood that he was a real professional in preparing himself. Takes, uh, takes great pride in how he um, covers everything off to make sure he's, uh, he's as well prepared as, he's, as he can be. And, you know, he's uh, shown that in terms of fits in really well with our boys and little guys who just love doing that little bit of extra stuff. To, uh, to get themselves right, deals, you know, uh, relishing that. Um, you're moving beautifully at the moment. The team's uh, yeah, kicking goals and you're climbing the ladder as we speak. Pl- uh, supporters will love to hear reasons why certain things and then they love to know why it's not going to happen again. What's your synopsis as you look back uh, on the, the poor showing in weeks one and two? Yeah, well, I see that, that there are two different things. Week Week one was uh, just, um, you know, a really well below par effort. And that was not necessarily in terms of the way we wanted to play. It was just the players didn't come 
ready for the onslaught of you know round one. Uh, for whatever reason that was, we've, we've certainly got to dig into and say, was it our preparation? We had a very long break between our second JLT game, which was uh, the first game of that round. It was a Thursday night into a Sunday game, you know, two weeks later. Uh, so we'll just have a look at how we kept the players on edge and whether we uh, didn't wind them up at exactly the right moment mm. because we went out and played, but they came off and they didn't look bruised. They didn't look like they were absolutely spent up. Oh, that'd that irk you, mate. That'd irk you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, really disappointed. Whereas, you know, the next couple of weeks, they, they did have a crack against the Saints. We were still a bit shaky and we probably tr- over-tried. We started, we probably overcorrected with our work around the contest and let the Saints get outside us a bit. And uh, some of their smalls got, got some space and, uh, and hit the scoreboard. So, you know, that was not lack of effort. That was probably trying too hard to correct, you know, the massive um, difference in contested possession uh, we got pants and by the, uh, by the Giants. So I was wrapped that they were back in terms of the way they wanted to work and they were listening to instructions. And then from there, we just got it, got it right. I feel like, um, you know, after the Saints game, the players knew we can't go too hard one way or the other. Um, so that's probably it in a nutshell. There's always other factors, um, yeah. selection, availability of players, all those other things. But the main one was um, we just didn't play at the intensity that round one needed us to play at, and that, that really hurt us. And we've had to uh, work hard to peg that back. Can I ask you about the captain, John? I think that Dyson Heppel's been enormous uh, for your football club, just in the way he handles himself, the way he speaks, how how honest he is, and it's refreshing to hear when he when you know when you're going through your rough patch at round one and two, he didn't sugarcoat anything. He called it as it was, and then and then for him to be able to handle the new challenge of not being a a prime centre bounce uh, midfielder for you, he's gone to the wing, he's gone a bit of bit of half back. Just his role in 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 the the return to form of the, of the Bombers. Yeah, well, I think it's it's not only the last couple of weeks, but um, as laid back as he comes across, and he's personable person. You know, he's he's Dyson Heppel in all his interviews. He doesn't try to talk the talk. He just says it how he says it, and um, that's how he is all the time. But he's an unbelievably driven man. You know, committed to seeing the Essendon Footy Club uh, really be successful on the field. So um, that's what he drives with the group. You know, they know that he's. He comes across uh, laid back and friendly and relaxed, but he is driven. And, um, you know, that's that's why he's captain of the club. That's what the players really do see in him. That's what they respect in him. Uh, and we certainly back that up. So, um, you know, he's, uh, he's a standout leader in terms of the captaincy uh, for us, but he has got some wonderful support around him as well. I'm not sure of your religious beliefs or anything like that, John, but bringing Ham in on Good Friday is was a strange... <laughs> Was a strange selection. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we were tempting fate. There's no doubt about that. He was very good, wasn't he? Ah, <laughs> uh, he was. Look, he's, he obviously comes in because he'd shown us some stuff that uh, that we thought was, you know, going to be exciting at AFL level. A, a elite running capability, very lightly framed, but um, you know, no more lightly framed than some of the other young kids you see making their debut as, as young players. Um, but uh, composed when he gets the ball. Um, you know, knows where to go, knows what to do when he gets the ball in his hand. So, um, yeah, we were wrapped, you know, for him to get the opportunity. He obviously had to come through uh, um not getting up for the for the game. Um, but he came in and played the role exactly how he wanted him to. Just before Bob asked, mate, he's playing in the right era. I could I could imagine a young John War, younger oh, John yeah. Warsfold coming off the line about 30 <laughs> metres away running into someone <laughs> like young Ham. 
Yes, yeah. Well, if you didn't have the speed to match them, you had to find a way to throw it down a little bit, just a tad. John, Bobby, congratulations on the win, and I'll pray for your sins regarding regarding Ham. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just want to. I mean, it was clear that the midfield dominance that was a that was a fearsome display by your boys last night. But I want to ask you about Andrew McGrath, who who maybe for for a top pick slips under the radar a bit. How did you see his game and his season so far? Uh, yeah, and he's tracking along really well. Um, yeah, so last year he had a fair bit of time playing on the wing, fairly new position for him, um, and he and he played back a bit when we needed him as well. Um, this year more mid, and then starting to get some more time on ball right inside, and you know he's tracking along really well. I think um, the exciting part with Andy was uh, he knows how to find the ball. He wins his one-on-one contest. He's good good body work and. Good uh, reaction to win it on the ground. Last year, almost every time he got the ball in his hands, he quickly fed it backwards with a handball to someone like Michael Hurley or Kyle Hooker or Marty. Uh, was Marty last year. But those more senior players, he just wanted to get it out of his hands and give it to those senior guys. So he wasn't getting a lot of uh, metres gained. And this year, the big focus is when he's got the ball, take the game on and start to attack it, run forward. And we're seeing that a lot more. He's hitting the scoreboard uh, regularly. Um, and really starting to cut lines. You can see if he sees a little gap, he's now going to take it on and carry the ball forward. So um, that's what we're finding really exciting. His um, his possession rate's pretty solid for, for what we're asking him to do, uh, but his metres gained are, are really starting to impact uh, the way we want to play. It's just a quick one, John. Tracking forward to next week to Anzac Day, you'll almost be at full strength. You'd expect Smith to be back in the lineup and Zaharakis to be available. Would that be almost yeah. full strength? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that that would be close to full strength. You know, we've got some. Uh, we've got Marty Gleeson. You know, he's playing yeah. down here today. This is his first full hit out, so he's pretty much available now. Uh, and then a young player like Josh Begley, who was in the lineup last year, um, I think he's on full game time today as well. So he'll be up and about. And, and Aaron Francis, you know, the other one that is uh, always pushing to be in our best team. He he's having a hit out today. Plus guys like Laverde. Um, so. Yeah, we've got some good depth, but uh, in terms of having all those guys available to select from, yeah, we'll be close to full strength. Just James Stewart, probably the the key one, um, and Sean McKernan out with those uh, with the injuries that they've got. Well, Wusha, thanks so much for your time this morning. We appreciate it, and good luck and the big one next Thursday. Thanks very much. John, John. Worsfold, the coach of the Essendon Footy Club. Time now to get to Russell Barwick from Unibet. Get fully f- footy fill-ups every week at unibet.com.au. Russ, good morning. Morning to you, Kane. Morning to the team. And speaking of the footy fill-ups, it's about the Sydney Swans this afternoon. You can get 275 if you went to most websites, but on the Unibet website, I don't think the Swans are much hope, so they're offering $3.50 about Sydney taking care of the Tigers they're a dollar and forty-five, and uh, giving up fifteen and a half. Start to my beloved Red and White Boys. But in the earlier game, a little bit different there. Certainly, GWS a dollar fifteen. Red hot favourites to take care of the Dockers. Five dollars sixty at Manuka, giving up thirty-four and a half. Start. Thanks for coming. And in the uh, other game this afternoon, Melbourne a dollar forty-four. St Kilda two dollars eighty. Interesting game that one. If you looked on form, you'd be all over the Saints at the fifteen and a half start for sure. Now, the other big day of sport happens at Royal Randwick today with the racing continuing. Uh, we've got uh, day three of the Randwick Racing Carnival. Loving Gabby and Home of the Brave are the two 
horses that were giving the enhanced odds score this afternoon. Uh, both horses around about the 220 mark, but you can take 280 Loving Gabby and 240 Home of the Brave in the two feature group ones later this afternoon. All on the website, unibet.com.au. We say it time and time again. Enjoy the footy. Enjoy whatever you're doing this afternoon. But as always, gamble responsibly. Well played, Unibet. Get footy fill-ups every week at unibet.com.au. This is crunch time. We'll talk about last night's game and also Thursday as Port Adelaide shocked the Eagles and also Collingwood were awesome against Brisbane on Thursday night. This is crunch time. Get great offers on Honda this April and Subway. Fresh new ingredients. Fall in love with lunch again at Subway. Yeah, very good morning to you. Happy Easter and welcome back to Crunch Time. Let's turn our attention to Thursday night's game. It was Brisbane getting done over by Collingwood. Collingwood just far too good. They played some of the best footy of any side this year. They won by 62. But one of the big talking points to come out of it was the access to players. Now, Channel 7, the host broadcaster in Brisbane, clearly had an agreement to provide the viewer access that perhaps we haven't seen before. Now, Damien Barrett didn't like it. He went to his Friday column on AFL.com and and in his sliding doors piece wrote this. If Luke Hodge thinks it's a good idea to combine a well-paid media contract with a football one and provide commentary during an actual game of football, then he might want to rethink it. Talking dribble within the match adds absolutely nothing to the broadcast, nor is now back to reality and consecutively weak thrash teamed. Focus on your footy club. The media deals can be pursued when you retire. Well, Luke Hodge didn't like it at all. He, he went on to Twitter and said, what an absolute knob. You think it was a paid gig? Media want player access. The club asked me to do so. So I did. It's been a polarising topic. Bob, did you see it? Uh, did it add anything to the broadcast? And what do you think? Uh, yeah, but that's not the that's not the real question, though, is it? I mean, I... I think we were chatting off air about you know Hodgie. There was a there was a shortness to him, but that that's that's the insight. That's the real insight of you know the frustration of being uh, behind in a, in a big game. The the question of of the, this little spat. That's a big swing by by Damien. That's a really he's he's swung from the hip there at Hodgie about being at being a, being a paid gig. And if Hodgie's come back and said, well, it's not, and that's just part of the part of the you know current agreement for players to, to give access. In the it's a, elements it's a of it. a pretty clear victory to Hodgie, I would have thought, because that's just not factual. The, well, the do, elements you, of it, though, Kane, okay, is when Abby Holmes came to Hodgie, he was lying down, he's getting a little bit of work done massage-wise, and, and Hodgie, he, he, Damien's right, he didn't give away a great deal, but what he did, he for a bloke who's so affable 99% of the time when he's, you know, off the field, it showed you the urgency. It showed you the want. It showed you the anguish and the and the stress he's under. Even though he's sitting on the boundary, I thought it was a great inside uh, insight to the the personality of the bloke, who everybody thinks is such one of the, one of the great calm thinkers. Yet he was. You could see his his inner emotions just bubbling around. I thought it was fantastic. So that's the first element. I, I thought it was fantastic. And, and Kingy, can I just jump in? Because you, you are in this space. You, you live and breathe it. You're on the boundary line every week. You're in the change rooms. You, you and are you've been on the bench a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, a lot. And he has. So a lot. Gets a lot of rub you, downs. Yeah. You, you want more and we want more. And, and you, you, the Foxtel and Channel 7s of the world pay a billion dollars for it. And I, I'm with you, Doom. I actually love Daniel Rich. So Bruce McAvaney was in the tunnel as the players were coming out being interviewed you could hear his teammates trying to pump up his team we don't get 
that access. But uh, from your point of view, what do you desire as a TV network and what would you like to see more of? To be honest, I didn't think it was Damien Barrett. I thought it was Dennis Pagan writing that little <laughs> spiel there. That, that, uh, this has nothing to do with how Brisbane were playing. This has no bearing at all on the result of Correct. Thursday night. Correct. Absolutely zero to do it. So to link the two, I think, is just ridiculous. Um, and, and I think sometimes we, we just – we all think we see the, the game the same. Some, some people found that fascinating. Mm. You've, got to, you've got to cater for different types That's the, with the, the broadcast. I was thinking that too. That the, the, you know, the, the player interviews during game, just before the game – we're in the football. The four of us are past players, but Damien Barrett, he's in the football industry. It's, but it's it probably not for us. No, it's for it's it's not just for young kids, but it is for junior footballers and people who've who've not been in that environment. There's things so. that Channel Seven do. There's things that Fox do that are not really catered, tailored for us. They're tailored for tailored for a percentage of the of the audience. So I think any time you can hear from a Luke Hodge, why, why wouldn't you want to hear? See, what I, I I I love the in match. Interview. I, I don't know how many. If you if you somehow were able to uh, get the boys at, at at the stats champion data, say how many pre-match interviews with coaches or players has there been? And I probably would say three have interested me <laughs> over the mm. journey. And mm. um, I remember Ross Lyon gave us an interview about two or three years ago, talking quite intricately, but I was just glued to everything he said. He's brilliant. Yeah, well, that, that was before the game. So, so I don't find that interesting. But in game, just to look at the demeanour of the player and the realness of what it was, mm. I thought it was fantastic. Aren't we? Isn't the game going that way? Aren't we trying to ask the players to do more? So I find it a bit strange, and, and particularly, like, Damien's in this industry. We want content. We're always looking for something else. We're asking players to do things that they're uncomfortable with at times, too. Yep. I mean, sometimes you walk back from a centre bounce, uh, sorry, from a uh, coin toss from the centre circle there, back to the huddle with a captain, and they don't really want to be doing that. They don't really want to be talking to us, but they do it because they know it's about growing the game and, 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 and Selling allowing, the team. allowing us in a yep. little bit. So. I just say give us more. Mm. I don't know mm. why we'd be shutting this down. Can I just have a quick quick word on Collingwood because they were awesome and um, if we are judging them like you said last week on your best football kingy, then there's not too many playing better at their best right now. No, and they're working out this forward line, how the pieces should look to them. I thought they, they got a really good balance uh, on Thursday night. I look, at, I look at Stevenson and I think – this kid is, is is just nearly their first pick full forward at the moment. In mm. behind Dugowie, in behind Elliot, if, if it is to be Elliot, in behind Mason Cox, whoever that other person is, he looks at home there. It's almost like he gets a bit lost when he's further up the ground. And I just think... And I saw him in under-18s and he was freakish up the ground. Yeah. I think because of the traffic and the bigger size bodies at AFL, I agree with you, it's going to take him a while to feel his way comfortably further up the ground where... I mean, wingers these days don't play out in a wing like Robbie Flower taking on, you know, Keith Gregg, and it's a one-on-one all day long. They are, depending on where the ball is, they're four to five metres off the pack on the outside. But to tell you what, the pack can collapse into them pretty quickly and it becomes a contested affair. So I think he struggles a little bit up there, but... Oh, I tell you what, for a second-year player, hasn't he got some tricks? Oof. He's got a few ways to get get at you. Brisbane get a bit of a wake-up call now, Bob. Mm. They do. I mean, Damien's right with that. That's back-to-back 
poor performances, really. They need to go back to what uh, makes them strong. And they have shown in the first month they've been pretty good. But it's a bit of a reality check. Yeah, it was a bit. It was a big one for them. It was a big marquee game for them, and they didn't meet the meet the challenge. A few injuries as well. Harris Andrews with the hammy, they'll be challenged. Time now to take a look at the ladder for Forty Winks. Serious about sleep. It's our ladder update. Port Adelaide. We'll talk about them very shortly with the coach of the Eagles, Adam Simpson. It was a shock win last night. Has seen them leap to fourth on the ladder, and yesterday's other winner, Essendon, is now fifth after three wins on the trot. The Pies, meanwhile, jumped to second and increased their percentage by a whopping 15 after thumping the Lions on Thursday night. Cannot wait for that one. Next Thursday, Anzac Day, that was the 40 Winks ladder update. Your bed should be your biggest supporter. Find yours at 40 Winks. We've got a big program coming up. Kingy's mate, Adam Simpson, is going to join us. Kingy, you wouldn't have your seen mate. that performance coming last night. <laughs> no, I didn't. Dermot did. Dermot said last night that Porter is a sneaky chance. He's a, man, he's such wisdom, hasn't he? Yeah, 50-50 either way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll find out if the Eagles have been worked out when the reigning premiership coach joins us. Adam Simpson to join Crunch Time very shortly. It is all thanks to Honda this April and Subway. A fresh ingredients falling in love with lunch again at Subway. It's Crunch Time. Bob Murphy, David King, Dermot Brereton and myself, Kane Corns. Adam Simpson to join us on the other side of this. The award-winning Crunch Time. Get more out of April with great drive-away prices plus bonus value on a huge range of Honda models. Fall in love with lunch again at Subway with 19 fresh new ingredients at participating restaurants. Yeah, good morning and welcome along to Crunch Time. Kane Corns, David King, Bob Murphy, Bob Murphy, I should say, and Dermot Brereton with you this morning. Three actions so far as the boys laugh at me in the background, but they've been some pretty interesting results. Collingwood far too good for Brisbane on Thursday night. Essendon smash a pretty ordinary North Melbourne yesterday. And Port Adelaide surprised the reigning premiers, the coach of the Eagles, Adam Simpson, to join us very, very shortly. Time now for Bob Kingy and Derm's three takeaways for Crunchy Corn, the ultimate footy snack. They're available at Coles. Kingy, North Melbourne, a big talking point. Yeah, they are. They're on. Uh, they'll be on the the back page on Monday, I'd say, and, and and rightly so. You you bring this sort of heat when you play so poorly. It's been a, a very average start to the season. Um, the only win being against Adelaide Groves, who had a pretty poor day. So, the questions will come for Brad Scott and. To be honest, he'll he'll have a real challenge trying to uh, explain his way around this performance because they've got everything they wanted in terms of the off-field uh, recruits at the end of last season. So let's see where to from here. Are they stuck? They stuck in the middle, King. If you look at um, their results so far, so 2010, ninth, ninth in 11, eighth in 12, 10th in 13, sixth, then eighth, then eighth, and 15th and ninth, and then who knows, maybe bottom six this year. How do you go yeah. about rebuilding this list? I know it's it's the, the word we don't want to use, but is there a lack of young talent coming through and how far actually are they away and what decisions need to be made? Oh, and this is why this is a full club problem. I mean, Cam Joyce has, has been there for, I reckon, 10 to 12 years. He's he's built this list a couple of times. Um, so he he's this is his list and this is Brad's list as well. So they own this. They haven't inherited this in the last 12 months. This is theirs by design. Mm. So... If you if you sit back and say the list is not good enough, well, why? You, you've built this. You've tailored this. Um, so I, I don't think that that's an out for them at the moment. And, and I know that there's, there's some people, including yourself, Derm, that, that intimated before 
they're not good enough. Well, if they're not good enough... In areas, yeah. How are we here? Yeah. Is the question that I would ask. And I guess that's why they've gone and got Glenn Luff out of champion data to to have a deeper look at the, 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 the list build. And that'll take time, but... Yeah, time's not uh, not a luxury that kangaroos have at the moment. No doubt, Bob. Uh, the bombers were awesome yesterday. You want to take a look at their mids and the depth they've got through there? Yeah, I mean it was a as dominant midfield display as you want to see last night. But it was it was the depth, and we talked a little bit about Andrew McGrath. I'm, I can't wait for next Thursday's Anzac Day because the bombers possibly fully fit. We heard from John Worsfold before coming up against. Magpies, who might have the best depth midfield in the competition, so it could be a could be a depth battle on Anzac Day. Who's their most important mid now? Is it Dylan Shield? From my eye, it is Dylan Shield. He just he just he, he just changes the way the no, way they look and slices not, not through. Dylan, what's his name? T one thousand. Have you seen this boy? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to you, Derm. You uh, you tipped it. You said Port Adelaide could shock the world last night. Can they make the eight, the power? I tipped that they might. <laughs> I wasn't quite brave enough to go with it wholeheartedly. I will put my hand up for that. Uh, I, I just thought they might be able to get them around the packs. But when West Coast Eagles, who now with you know Richmond suffering losses, especially to Rance, I, I, I graded in my, I seeded West Coast Eagles number one and still are in the comp to go through to the end of the year, um, but the, the the Port Power needed to they beat Melbourne an underwhelming Melbourne yep. in round one they beat Carlton who. Most teams are going to knock off this season while they're still in their infancy with a, a very young list. And then they were done by Brisbane, who were running hot up there. They hit the front for a few moments. And then they were beaten by, a, a, albeit the reigning Premier, a wounded reigning Premier, but they're still the reigning Premier who do have know-how through some experienced players. So they needed to frank some form as to the first weeks. So uh, were they flashing the pants? Were they going to be a, a two-and-five team. They needed to do something big, and they took down the West Coast Eagles on their home turf with as probably as good a team as the Eagles can put out there right now, and I don't think there was a tipster in Australia besides those who were born at Alberton Kiss who actually went, yeah. Kiss of death. Kiss of death He's got flying. him again. He is killing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, they needed to, to show that, that they are going to be in the eight, I sort of had them fringe outside. They're upgraded. If you didn't have them in the eight at the start of the year, get them in. Fringe yeah. outside. Fringe <laughs> outside. You probably had them 15th. Um, I did not. I, I think I, I had them eight and a half. Fringe outside. I just wonder, Kingy, about um, some of the tactics used against the Eagles because Ollie Wines, their co-captain, spoke after the game and he said, we just wanted to make it as dirty as we possibly could. We didn't care if we kicked the ball along the ground going inside 50. We just did not want them to mark the footy. Now, Barras withdrew late, which hurt them, but they only took nine intercept marks. And the conditions helped as well because it was wet throughout stages. But the last thing you can do is have the Eagles mark the footy. And I thought Port Adelaide did that particularly well, along with their pressure on the ball carrier. Yeah, spot on. Derm and I were talking about that before, the, the, the ability to take... McGovern out of the game because he's such a destructive mm. centre half back. He just he just ruins anything you you bring to the table. Don't, we don't often talk about Ken Hinckley tactically. He coached bravely. He was real brave last night. So we, I, I love the comment you make sometimes, David, and that is 
if you're going to get beaten, get beaten having a go. Don't get beaten by what you know. Now, we know the 666 rule means that, hey, the defenders don't have a, a seventh one down there who can and jump up and take the intercept mark. And then the bloke who you've jumped on, his, his opponent being your teammate, peels off and it's an easy outlet and you're off you go. It might be harder on the backman for the ball coming in, but when you do win the – or it might be harder for them, but when you do win it as a backman, you've got your direct opponent right next to you. So it's hard for the backman to get it out. The only way you can use the ball with any uh, alacrity is you've got to mark it. You've got to intercept market. So they now, I believe, become the most important players in the comp as long as you're good at it. And that's what McGovern is. So they had to take him out of it. And when I say can coach bravely, most teams you get the ball and if you're in forward motion and you are anywhere forward of that centre circle, you look to deliver the ball. You know, high, long, direct, even, you know, flattish. But it's got to have a hang time of about three, three and a half seconds to get there. Unfortunately for the forwards, McGovern can pick that off in three and a half seconds. So what Port Adelaide did was they, when they got forward to the centre, kept handballing it to each other and the Eagles were trying to pressure them. Sometimes they did. Now, it meant that sometimes they were going to get tackled and they were going to be dispossessed. But I reckon the coach's box would have said, better to be dispossessed there rather than get killed in the air by something we already know. So let's be brave, boys. If you get hunted, if you get run down in the middle of the ground while you're running it forward to the centre and flicking it to each other to a point of about 55, 60 metres out, thereafter you can spear the ball in it. I don't think the conditions – I mean, obviously it hurts with your ability to mark the ball above the head. The way they played, I think they were going to take McGovern out of the game anyway because they kick low, skimming, dirty footy into the forward line because they ran it to the forward portions of the centre square and they were able to take their – they were brave how they ran the ball through that midfield. Mm, and they were disappointed with Grimes taking, I think, five intercept marks last week and four in the last quarter. So they learned from that. That was the crunch, crunchy corn, corn from the cob, roasted to perfection and lightly salted the ultimate footy snack. Adam Simpson going to join us very, very shortly yeah, to down. dissect all of that. Uh, they got they got smashed. If you, if you if you look at the numbers, I mean, plus seventeen clearance, contested forty plus twenty, inside fifties. They restricted the Eagles to thirty eight, and all of Darling, Kennedy, and Cripps had no impact at all. So they had seventy one so, themselves. Seventy one inside fifties. Yeah, it's a massive number. Yeah, forward press. Oh. There's some there's really good footage came that, that I saw when the kick out was a wonderful kick out in the last quarter, third quarter from the West Coast Eagles. It hit Gaff on the chest. He handballed to a jetter who ran past. Now, instead of trying to run back and cover, they came up at him and forced him to U-turn and he kicked backwards into the back pocket again. He was out at centre-half back when he ran past for the receive. And you look up the field, all the port backmen were playing on the back shoulder. Once again, don't get beaten by what you know. You don't let the Eagles have any man between you and their goal square. They played behind. If they're going to lead up and hit them, lace out, 
Good luck to them. They played back shoulder. They weren't going to get beaten out the back. Can I just just make a point? The the most sustainable model in football at the moment is scoring from forward half. Yep. uh, Repeat entries or turnovers or secondary stoppages. Yeah. Yeah. They, They had 38 repeat entries. Yeah. Like that that that's a massive number. So Thirty eight intercepts across that that counter attacking zone, that attacking mid zone it's called. Just your half forward flank if you like. So that is that is a huge I know the conditions probably tailored a bit that way, but They've changed before our eyes, Port Adelaide. Mm. They, they do have Ollie Wines as well coming back in, gives them more power around the middle, which helps these young fellas, Butters, Dersma, uh, these Rosie. types of yeah, mm. these lighter framed guys who are still making their way, but give them some real zip. They have another bull in the middle, gives them a bit of coverage. Adam Simpson is the reigning premiership coach. A disappointing night for him and his side last night, but he's been good enough to join us. Simo, thanks so much for jumping on and having a chat. Yeah, good afternoon, boys. Uh, were you shocked by that performance, and, and how did you see it? <laughs> I don't think you get shocked too much these days. Uh, we, um, uh, look, I was really, really, we were really clear about what Port were going to bring, and um, they played, played at a level that uh, um, we sort of expected, and we, we just couldn't, we just couldn't counter act at all. Um, I heard you guys talking briefly then about about four and a half turnovers, and that was something we really aware of and to get those sorry boys man. yeah we're, still, we're hearing we're, you um, gotcha. to, um, yep. to, to get those turnovers you've got to get supply and unfortunately we um, not unfortunately we just got outworked on, on getting the ball inside our front half from, from a contest and um, it was a real field position type of night and every time it, uh, it was a deep entry for Port we really struggled to get it out and they had really good focus on, on defence and they were really aggressive with structure and, and ball movement as well. So that, that, those two or three things combined made it a really uh, solid night for Port and really disappointing for us. We spoke um, briefly about the entries and the tactics that were revealed after the game from Port Adelaide and probably not new to you, but they had 71 entries and they just didn't want to allow you to mark the footy. Is that something you're seeing opposition teams come with and, and perhaps not kicking long inside 50 but making it short and wide and, and along the ground even? Uh, oh look, we've been dealing with that game for a while. Um, yeah, I, you know the type of footy we want to play. We, we don't want to be relying on one particular thing. So yes, you look at some of our stats, and people will think, well, we've got to beat them at, at these one or two areas. But we, we want to have a style of play that's robust enough to to have different avenues to to score and uh, different avenues to defend. So yeah, we're, we're not. It's not a new thing. It's just uh, how we deal with it. In the past, we've been able to um, find different avenues and find a way. And, and unfortunately, last night, we couldn't find any other way due to their pressure. And, yeah, of course, strategies are important. And, and what they did really stifled some of the things that we, we like to think we're good at. But that, that shouldn't mean it's we're doomed. You know, we should still find a way. Simone Dermott here. Uh, thanks for joining us. You said... They played the way you thought they'd play. Everything they threw at you, had you in the coach's box planned for that? Uh, I suppose plan, anticipate, you tell your players, you know, what the strengths of Ford are is what they brought. So, you know, an example would be an assertive backman running off the back of the square at a centre bounce. You know, um, structurally, if you pull your six forwards back, they'll stand in front and, and get on the front foot. So... What, what we've seen this year with Port is a real uh, aggressive 
style in terms of structure, but also in the way they moved the ball. I think early on you would have seen, um, you know, the, the brave ball movement through the corridor and you know, the play-ons. Yep. And, and off the back of that, some really good uh, contest wins. So all that <laughs> we planned uh, and uh, and we told and warned and executed our training and how to combat those type of, um, that, that style. But, you know, the old Eddie's, don't get beaten by what you know. And unfortunately, we knew what was coming and we couldn't stop it. Tell us, there was one caption of play last night. It only resulted in a point, but it, it was it was descriptive to me of how the, there were moments, and it only takes a few moments to, to lose by, you know, eight, nine goals. Yeah. Um, when Sam Gray came onto the ground and there was a stoppage at full forward, he ran through every bit of traffic and really just jogged past... Eagles players, and marked the ball 25 metres out from a hack kick forward out of the stop. He actually came straight off the bench, yet not one person actually said, who's got him? Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's choke this. Who, whose man is this coming off now? There was no communication. Oh, yeah, look, damn it. That, luck or, they, or they, not? They think, oh, look, I think, I think luck plays come after all the other stuff that worked well for them. I don't. Not that that was, I don't think that was a set plan. No, definitely um, not. But, before, but in terms of communication for us, um, we're normally pretty good at identifying the most dangerous and, and working it out. Um, so no doubt that was um, disappointing. But the, you know, there were times last night where we, we just didn't work hard enough to, to cover off. And there were times where we worked too hard. We got numbers to the ball. We don't win the contest. And they've got a few players uh, ahead of the play who... Um, you know, decided to, to wait for for a turnover and it's very smartly as well, not, not not cheating at all. I think we just got worked over both ways and we weren't too smart about some of the things we did. Simo, thanks for coming on today. I just want to ask you, how difficult from a coaching perspective is it to say at quarter time, make wholesale changes to what you'd train for for the week or if the game was sliding? It was only still... I think you were two or three goals down a quarter time. So there's still yep. plenty of time to correct. How hard is it to, to reconstruct the way you want to play in a in a quarter time break? Well, we've been there before. So the, our, our players are a mature group. Um, so the, the first thing that we don't do is panic. And, um, you know, when you've conceded a poor start like we did on last night, we still thought there was plenty of time to get back into the game. What makes it really hard from probably a coaching perspective is if you're not winning a contest, um, you know, some of the things you can do in the box are limited. So that was the main message. Let's get the, let's win some footy, you know, let's win some of our own ball. And, and then we focused on our work rate off the back of that. Uh, that obviously didn't work because it was six goals to one in the second quarter. And, uh, then we're really under the pump and we started pulling some, some moves halfway through the second quarter that, you know, that weren't probably what we traditionally would do, but we, we thought the game was slipping through our fingers pretty quickly. So, yeah, really disappointing. Um, we confronted a really strong, tough, hard side that uh, obviously, you know, we've had some really good wins against Port in the last couple of years, and I think there's a bit of frustration built up over, over those last couple of victories we've had. And I knew it was coming. Um, they just looked <laughs> like they wanted it a little bit more than us. When you, when you look at, uh, we all concentrate on the immediate contest, which was clearly last night, but you look at the, yep. blo- the block of your first five weeks, given the preparation the Premiers have, you know, with the extra weeks, holidays at Christmas, I'm not making excuses here, but you'd be pretty comfortable as a coaching group to be sitting three and two. I mean, you, you are off to a reasonable start in the 2019 campaign. 
Yeah, good good question. I, I, I wouldn't entirely say we're satisfied with where we're at at the moment. I think the wins will definitely take the, the three and two, but there's been some really good signs and there's been some signs that we're, we're a fair way off with some consistency as well. So, uh, interesting, we're still still working ourselves out. I think we're not alone, though. There's probably almost every side is still thinking, geez, are we, where are we at? You know, what do we need to work on? What's happening with the game? What's happening with these rules? Um, you know, are we, do we need to tweak things from the style of play? So that, there are definitely questions I've been asking, not not from last night. I was asking those last week as well. So, and do you think do you yeah, think still, on, the, on that too much? Yeah, do you think on that that the, the game has changed that much uh, that you'd still be questioning? You know, like every club is, has it changed that much with the the tweaks to the rules? Uh, no, I think we have this question every year, Key. I don't think it's uh, just based on the rules. I think the rules definitely probably had a week or two to discussions. Um, you know, those, the 666, you, you, I mean, it lasts for 20 seconds. Um, the kicking rule doesn't seem to have done too much. Some of the interpretation of rules have been up and down this year. So all those little things take a few weeks to work out. But I, I think every year you sort of, you sit back after five, or six weeks and work out what, what the game is telling us. And that'll change again about the bye week as well. So we're working through that. We, uh, we understand we're not, um, Obviously firing at all cylinders, but our best is still pretty good. Adam, Bob here. Bad luck last night. I'm curious about Jeremy McGovern. We know opposition sides will be putting so much work into him and, and how you guys use him. I'm curious, in the coach's box, is there, are there many conversations around how he's going and, and, and how clubs are trying to negate him? Is, does that happen match day? Uh, it happens probably during the week, Bob, more than anything. We... We find most weeks Gov um, has some sort of plan against him and, a, and our back line, which um, I would say we're used to it, but there's not many things that haven't been tried. So our focus for all of our backs, and Gov in particular, is beat your man and stay predictable. So, you know, those Gov doesn't have to take 10 intercept marks for us to win the game. He just needs to beat his man and stay predictable. So there's not there's not too much depth to what we need from Gov. Um, his talent takes over on occasions and he reads to play better than anyone. We all, we all get that. But sometimes we think the teams that come in with strategies against him is a good thing because it means they're, they're tra- changing the way they play. And sometimes those things will work and sometimes they won't. So that's up to other clubs. What, what about a couple of the boys who are out? Nick Natton and Willie Rioli's times last night looked a little bit top-heavy up forward. Are we going to see Willie yeah. reasonably soon? Oh, I wish we could see Willie sooner rather than later. He's, he's probably around around nine, around ten uh, at the moment. He's got a stress, um, stress not fracture, but he's got stress in his feet. Um, so we're taking a really precautious approach with that. Um, and Nick's well, around just after the bye. We thought, I mean, we've missed Nick for for a long time. Unfortunately, the last couple of years we've had him out for big stints and. We did have him for 17 weeks last year, and we and we definitely a different side with him in it. But everything our other rucks have, have had up there in over the journey. And last night, I thought we lowered our colours. Always hard to to lose on a Friday night, you know. It makes for a long weekend. <laughs> What's the uh, what does the AFL coach do when he's got Saturday Sunday? Uh, stick my head in the sand a little bit. Um, I've got four kids and two dogs, so <laughs> the youngest dog's just got a bucket over her head. She's had uh, stitches. Uh, 
<laughs> not a, two teenage daughters who have become Uber driver four, and um, and then I've got a six-year-old who needs an Easter egg hunt tomorrow. So that is what I'll be doing the next 24 hours. I'll let the dog sniff out the Easter eggs first. Uh, oh, before happens, happens most years. Chuck the dog in the midfield next week, I reckon. Sounds like he has a go. <laughs> One man who did have a go, before we let you go, you kicked eight for the night. One 20-year-old kicked five of them. So Jack Petra. Shelly, yes. it's, a, it's a fair performance and he's got some serious AFL tricks. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a great individual performance from, from Jack, who's, I think he's probably played six games, maybe seven games. Um, it looked like our only avenue to score last night, which it's just not how we want to go about it. You know, the out-the-back, you know, slingshot type of plays, it's in our repertoire, but it's not, that's not the whole way we want to play. So... Um, great for him, fantastic. Really, really hope he gets the Rising Star Award this week and all those individual accolades um, he deserves. But um, we need to find our, our other avenues and um, he needs to complement our forward line, not, not lead it at the moment. And how frustrated were you with Jack Darling, free kick off the ball to stoppage and then a resulting 50-metre penalty which cost you a goal? It was it was an undisciplined act from an experienced player, similar. Yeah, it was. We've had two of those this year, Liam Ryan, round one. Uh, Jack, last night, um, it's not it's not acceptable, and I've told him that. So, you know, one thing I'll be doing though with our players, I'll, I'll be backing them in, and you know they haven't let us down too often, and you know it might be um, the old uh, Dennis Pagan saying, "Won't be throwing the baby out with the bathwater this weekend." Uh, we'll, we'll back him in and see how we go next week. Yeah, and it's Geelong next week in Geelong. So good yeah. luck, and once again, we really appreciate your time, and have a good Easter with the family. Yes, just was. Adam Simpson, the Jack coach Darling. of the Eagles, joining us, Stan. Jack Darling had a bit of a laugh while he was doing it as well when he piffed out. Who was it? <laughs> Somebody oh, there was a couple. One yeah, of them so, was Riley Bonner yeah. and the other one was Dan Houston. I'm just not sure yeah, what he was thinking. Bonner, he's picked up Bonner and thrown him and he had a bit of a laugh after that. I, at that stage, the game was gone, yeah. It, it was undisciplined, but I thought, yeah, that's in the media. <laughs> well, we kind of liked, liked it. it. Oh, we kind of <laughs> liked that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about the Eagles for a sec? Because I think all of us have them, if they're not the best team. I've still got them seeded one. Yeah, yep. seeded yep. one's a good way of good putting call, it. Dan. Good call, Dan. Yeah, you've been good today. Yeah. Um, As opposed to usual. A 3-2 three, a start to the year, given the off-season surgeries, the shorter pre-Christmas training period than, than every other club pretty much, um, and the, the, the strange break this year of the three-week break at Christmas, I think that's... I think that's a sneaky, sneaky clip to teams that go all the way, or particularly the grand final teams. Um, it's not a bad start. And like Simo said, our best is still pretty good. I think it's just a, a different way of looking at it. We st- we're not going to lose any faith or any trust in them, are we? No, no. no. The, th- the thing is, though, when you were going through, if you've got one of those tipping brigades where you've got to tip every, <laughs> every yeah. one at the start of the year, you'd have penciled them in five and zip. So it's not what they want, but I don't think the damage that they've received out of this is is going to hurt them. They, they're going to just, be they're going to finish top top three. Just a bit of uh, news off the top: the Crows have confirmed they are investigating racist comments made towards Paddy Ryder, and they'll release a statement shortly. The Adelaide Footy Club, but their coach Don Pike has just spoken to the media and described it as intolerable and disgraceful. So the Crows will comment on an online. Can you- can you Post clarify direct. that? Paddy Ryder, you said, yet it's the Crows. 
Yeah, it was a because the person who directed the comment had some crows paraphernalia on okay. in his profile picture From last on Facebook. Week. So okay. perhaps he is an Adelaide supporter. Up next, Jack Heverin will take you through the rest of crunch time. I'm signing out and have a great weekend. Back shortly. The award-winning crunch time. Get more out of April with great driveaway prices plus bonus value on a huge range of Honda models. Fall in love with lunch again at Subway with 19 fresh new ingredients at participating restaurants. If you're joining us for the first time, it's a big hello and welcome to Crunch Time. It's thanks to Honda. Great offers on Honda this April and for Subway. Fresh new ingredients. Fall in love with lunch again at Subway. Jack Heverin joining you for the last half an hour. If you are joining us for the first time, big hello and welcome to our Easter Saturday edition Jackie. of Crunch Time. Hello, Derm. Hello, Kingy. Hello, Jack. Bob. Hello, Jack. Happy Easter, Jack. And Yeah, that's more enthusiastic, Bob. Yeah, happy Easter. Happy, 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 happy yeah. Easter. <laughs> if you really want to wish us happy Easter, you'd have brought a couple of eggs in. Oh, you're not getting them now. Oh, I heard you at the start of the show. You were sort of like the yeah. Easter Don't Grinch, Bob. Like a flat rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> he? Flat Easter rabbit. So to recap, Collingwood, shirt. Yeah, two good Christmas. Thursday night and then two very interesting games for different reasons yesterday. Essendon making their move against North Melbourne and Port Adelaide just bought the fire from the start in the West Kingy. Awesome, wasn't it? Dermy watched that game closely last night. It's just a different looking team this year. I know the young kids always bring something to the table, but their senior core players are in sensational form. Bokes returned to form this year in the the true midfield's been unbelievable. That's worth a bit of discussion. Last year, I'm not sure whether Boke was a little bit sore or the likes, but they wanted to cater for other players. Um... I.E. Ollie Wines going into the middle, um, Wingard going into the middle. It seemed like Boak played a little bit more on the half-forward flank. Last year he did, yeah. This season, he's had a lot of time in the middle. So it's almost like they said, well, what's he best at? Let's get him doing what he's best at. And it's almost like, oh, that's right. He's a really, really good, true midfield player. That's his core subject as a footballer. Is that? Do you think that's... Perhaps because Wines had been out, so they thought, well, let's put him back in. Could and, be. And, and, you know, yeah. players, you know, competitive beasts like Travis Bake says, well, okay, well, I'm going to I'm gonna give it abs- my absolute best. And now they've got the – now they might have the conundrum of, okay, well, do we keep them both in there or, or, well, do we, or does he now get – Wines comes in and gets 35 <laughs> yeah. and, and just acts like the beast that he is when he goes in there as well against – the premiership team. And there was a couple of times, I remember one time there was McGovern picked up the ball and he had a full head of steam up and it was, you clearly viewed it that the Port Adelaide play was too close to the edge of the pack, the exit point where, where McGovern was charging at and you thought, oh, please don't let it be Connor Rosie. Please don't let it be Dersma. <laughs> please don't let it be, they're going to get steamrolled. Yeah. Those instantaneous thoughts it was Ollie Wines. Stopped him in his tracks. Bang. Yeah. And unless you he's, are that bull. He's a bollard. He's a bollard. He is. He's like one of those fire hydrants on yep. the corner. You yeah, just can't. Give a good pizzling. Yeah. <laughs> you just need to park him on, at the front of the Flinders Street Station there. You look at their clearance numbers last night, 50 to 33 against the Eagles. And that's the Eagles' strength. Mm. And... Boke had eight and Wines had seven. It's a fair start, isn't it? When you're two first-pick midfielders, then it allows them to get more out of Pal Pepper. Yeah. He comes in – not not fresh is not the right word, but he comes in, okay, I've got to make this opportunity count, you know, and it just, it just flows on. I think they've got the perfect mix of inside and outside game at the moment. Stephen Motlop, not in the team – this week, what does he need to do to get back in, particularly after you see a performance like last night from that midfield? Well, last night they beat him up. 
So I don't know that another runner was going to help them. Mm. Um, he doesn't get in unless he gets 45 in the in the sandfall and somehow plays one of the greatest games of all time. He doesn't get back in. Their game style at the moment, those kids are giving real pace, but they meaningful pace. There's some blokes who were quick, you know, but you don't really see their pace come to come to the fore all that often. These kids are quick and they and they're actually showing it in game. And it's, it's meaningful to the team. I haven't seen Motlop really turn on the afterburners this year and say, that's what they need. He just hasn't been able to produce it. Ken Hinckley talks with the commentating group pre-game um, every week and just gives a little in as to what's happening behind the scenes. And I asked him last week prior to the Richmond uh, game whether he would rest some of the kids. And he said, I don't believe in resting the kids. So for me, if they're going to continue on just playing the kids whilst they're in, in the team and play and performing, which they all are, they're mm. all doing different things, different roles, um, those roles they're filling right now are the, is the Motlop role, is that half-forward flanker yeah. that can threaten the scoreboard, that can deliver quality inside 50s. They've, they've taken his spot and then they're not likely to give it up and they're not likely a, to be rested. Which is a good kicker for the win. I mean, that's an incredible win, but the, the kicker of having Motlop out and go, mate, if if you want to get back in, like he, he, you need to you need to force your way back in because he's just got too much talent to be out for too mm. long. But he now has to push his way through. There was a moment. Can I just, just yeah, go t- for it. tack on the North Melbourne fans? Wake up this morning. Okay, all right, we've got to put that performance behind us. Who have we got next week? They got Port, Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide <laughs> Friday night in Adelaide. <laughs> Back to bed, Captain. Would Captain you... Happy from Arden Street, eh? So on that though, can you, if you were if you were Brad Scott, would you put Zebel in? Well, I think you got to, you've got to learn from what the game's telling. You. I mean, you can't have your captain have a six disposal or no tackle game. You just you just can't do that. You've you've got to let him go in and and, and change the course of the game, and then and then get involved in the game. I mean, he, he is looked, he fit? He's fit, yeah. He's fit. There's it's, no excuses. I'm trying to find reasons why he didn't go in. Well, he looked slow chasing a couple of them out last night. The, the ball came out Oof. of the uh, Your man. Yeah, North pub, Melbourne forward yeah, line. What's his name again? Pub, public notice to all AFL players, don't get caught chasing T1000. No. <laughs> it's not a good situation <laughs> for anyone. Which is Dylan Shield. <laughs> Dylan Shield. It was a bad look. Uh, um, he left the screen pretty quick. <laughs> 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 he was gone. He was checking the screen there. I honestly, I honestly thought he did a hamstring. Jack. Oh, he's pinged a hamstring. Like, no, he hasn't. I thought no, the TV hasn't. sort of flashed. <laughs> I thought we had a little glitch. Yeah, <laughs> hey, uh, there was a moment. It just, it, it, I know we were too, we moved on to that, but just one beautiful thing. And Bobby, you'd understand it. I think, and Cal, well, both of you two bounced the ball a lot while you were playing. Wet weather, you know, you've got a player, he runs and he bounces a ball. It hits the belly of the ball slightly more forward, you know, maybe a couple of centimetres forward to the the pointy end, and it will come back on a dry ground. The same type of bounce on wet weather will shoot forward and you'll pull a hammy trying to reach out and gather it. If you can perfectly bounce it almost on the point of the ball, it'll somehow dangerously but will come back to you in the wet. Connor Rosie last night under pressure from behind, being chased, wet weather, had to take had to take a bounce to get inside within certain goal kicking range, and the side on action showed he bounced it on the point while under pressure in the wet. The thing came back to him and he slotted it. And I was looking at it. And we went on air. We were doing the descriptive uh, analysis at the breaks. I thought, 
if only people understood how difficult that is to do and only a junior who hasn't had regimentation or brilliance beaten out of him is going to attempt to do that. We it, should talk about bouncing more often, I reckon. This is good. I like this. We could talk about this all day, <laughs> couldn't we? Derm's <laughs> involvement with bouncers is a whole different <laughs> is a whole different topic. <laughs> I can tell you. On the point of the chin. Dragged out of the ears. Where is that door list? <laughs> Boys, let's get stuck into the crunch. It's for Scooty. The best way to get around town. It's probably a good segue talking about Connor Rosie into the rising star. We'll talk a little bit more about a couple of the other major issues in the crunch after the break. Is it a race in two after five rounds for the rising star? Is it Walsh v Rosie from here on in? Well, that seems to be the the um, the talk at the moment. Oh, Rosie's given us the better highlight tape so far, but the boy at Carlton, the numbers he's putting up mm. from what I'm. Yeah, been told by the Carlton people is phenomenal for a first year mm. player. You know the old adage, you know, the average league player midfielder runs fifteen to seventeen K somewhere in there, fourteen to seventeen K somewhere in there, depending on how he runs during a game. So a boy coming out of the TAC Cup, he'll do about nine to eleven. So in the space of twelve months, you want him to run with, you know, these league players, but they're adding on an extra, yeah. You know, uh, 40% duration in, in terms of total distance against bigger bodies in a quicker tempo. This kid's doing league numbers in in game one. He's doing numbers that are off the charts for an 18-year-old. He's he's the new Rob Harvey it's midfield the, it's runner. The, it's the... It's the confidence and purpose in the run too. It's not he's not just covering big distance. The, the goal he kicked against Sydney Swans, it ends up in a you know running back with the flight. Levi Casbolt lobs one over, but the the run he started from half back that 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 takes a certain confidence, and I it's almost like the the Carlton his teammates are already very familiar with him, mm. and so mm. so that that's un, that's what I sort of that's that's unusual that he's he's slotted in so well he's earned their trust and they he catches their eye already. They're, they're both winning their own ball. That's what fascinates me. Like a lot of kids can come in and play that peripheral role, a little bit of handball receive, a little bit uncontested mark. Yeah, help them along the way. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. get a couple easy kicks and, and they just you just give them the baptism of, of, of AFL footy. You look at Walsh, 45% of his footy is won in the contest and it's, they're of big numbers. I mean, he's getting 26 a week. Mm. So that's a lot of, um, that's a lot of individual uh, toughness, if you like, for a slight body. But Rosie's kicked eight goals already. Mm. I mean, if, what if he? What's the what's the mark? I think Stevenson last year kicked thirty five. Thirty five, yeah. yeah. So if he gets if he gets to thirty five to forty goals, gee, it's, it's going to be it'll be an interesting vote because because yeah. what's the harder position to play, Dermot, for a, for a kid? Is it harder to come yeah. in an impact where most players can get lost at half forward, or is it being a prime midfielder? What is the hardest spot to play as an as a an eighteen year old? What would you say? Oh, well. Yeah, just on your skill set, that's an obvious answer to the question. If you're a midfielder, you know, trying to play forward, blah, 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 blah. But it, it, it basically is every time you play as a forward, you're literally getting tagged anyway. It's probably more difficult to do that. But then again, once – I yeah, mean, we'd hard, expect an 18 – I think, because if you go into the mid, you, he's, we'd coming expect an 18 year old. he's coming up against the best opposition mids everywhere. That's That's – 
that's mm. big stuff. You'd expect an 18 – put it this way. What, what's he averaging? 24 possessions? 26. And 26. And yeah. how many contested a week? Uh, well, 45%. Close to 11, 12, 11 yeah. or 12 a week. If, if he was – Yeah, sorry, mate. 11.8. <laughs> well, I take so, care well, of the metrics. 26 <laughs> and, and almost half of them are contested. If he's coming in as an 18-year-old and we're talking about this lad and he's averaging 20 – and eight contested week, we'd say, how well is this kid going? Yeah. The numbers are off the chart for him as a midfielder, but it's probably more difficult <laughs> to be a, 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 a forward well, he's, that's he's having a big effect on the outcome of a game. 16 possessions a week for Rosie, and he's already kicked eight goals. Eight goals, he said, yeah. yeah. Still wide open. This is The Crunch. It's all thanks to Scooty. Turn your scooter into a money-making machine. Drive for Scooty, Melbourne's first two-wheel taxi. More in The Crunch after this. We'll talk about the Swans and what happens if they lose tonight, is it doom and gloom for the Blues if they go 0-5? and five? We'll talk about the Giants and we'll talk about the forward whisperer himself, Dermot Brereton, <laughs> on the other side of the break here on Crunch Time. Huh? <laughs> Easter Saturday's edition of Crunch Time. As always, it's for Scooty, the best way to get around town. Dermot Brereton, David King, Bob David Murphy. King. Not too far away from finishing up here, boys. We're in the middle of the crunch and I think the big question on everyone's lips is... What's the man to yeah. my left doing at the St Kilda Football Club, Dermot? The jumping bag. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> straight, straight. Oh, I love it. Like the boxing gym on the punching bag. Oh, I love that. Welcome to Moravan. Yeah. Put that on. Just strap this to your back. Put Can the you? backpack on. Yeah, get that on your back. Yeah. Now, what are you doing down there? Uh, well, let's be honest. They're paying me to go down there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, come on. Let us no, in a bit. I enjoy. I've had some good teachers along the way. In a career, and I, I enjoy passing on what I've learnt about the game and what I've learnt from in-game forward craft. I enjoy passing that on to people who are willing to learn. So, have, yeah. have you got a couple of players you're working with specifically, or is it a group? Uh, yeah, there'll be. Well, I'll take the forwards for one. You know, a, a dozen of them, of, or eight of them. Ah, uh, look, we had about eight of them. Yeah. Probably the ones that you work with is going to be about four or five that are going to be the soaks, hopefully, that will soak in the information on. There's little things that I see with league footballers when I've worked with them, and sometimes you're staggered at how good they are, and then you're staggered equally in reverse at how little they know about certain situations. And that's their product of their era and the environment uh, of that era. Um, We are so hell-bent on running to positions we're so hell-bent as a sport on drill running up the ground for the presses and the likes that when fatigue sets into the game, it still turns back to playing football when fatigue's in the game. Otherwise, you just run into from point A to point B. Yeah. Sometimes you, yeah, body, so, body some, position. Yeah. And, Sometimes yeah. you cover point C, but when the game's on the line, later in quarters when there's fatigue in it, you've got to play football. Sometimes players have almost forgotten that, which they learn at junior footy, but then this is just a bit more upskilling against bigger bodies. Who, who do you think you'll get the most upside from? Um, Timmy Membry's a, a very good forward who's clever, but there's still little things that I think Timmy can add to his game and, and give himself three or four extra possessions a week. Uh, the boy King uh, made mention on him, Max King, he's – been a while since I've seen somebody mark the ball that high off the ground. But having said that, he's his stock and trade at this stage of his life as an 18-year-old just been drafted has been outreaching 
under eighteen backman who might a big one might be one ninety three, one ninety four centimetres. He's two hundred and two, but he just outreaches them. So he's got to learn. What are you laughing at? They, they're big these kids. <laughs> two hundred and two, and he's centre half forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but there's also things just watching him from a few minutes for just the how he deals with the traffic in front of him. Yeah. That's going to be. Uh, Enjoyable to see how he goes about it and how to give him a little bit more knowledge of how to get through that traffic and how to get to a position where he can reach the ball without too much contact, but then teaching him how to deal with the contact as well. Love watching the footy with you because that's what you see. You see mm. the, the forward craft, whether it's done well or, or, or not. Have you seen much of Charlie Kerno this year? And what, what, yeah. What do you think's going wrong there? And Is it something that's correctable quickly? Is it, obviously, I only saw last week's game off the TV – there are occasions his timing is poor getting to the footy. Too soon or too late. He does, he's not hitting at that pace. But having said that, I actually thought he went okay. There were times he hit the wings and hit the lead and didn't have body contact on him. And that's – I actually thought he went better than people making out. It's just his timing on other occasions is going in. And there's, there's a little bit of um, – uh, the vernacular was that where's he fitting in now with McKay doing well, Casbolt in there marking the ball um, and, and McGovern coming out of the – where does he fit in? Is he a spare wheel now? Is it is that hurting him? I don't think it's hurting him at all. I think he – if he believes, you know, in, in the, the adage of I can go anywhere I want, um, I think he's going to be fine. I, I just think – in the lead aspect, leading to the ball, sometimes his timing's a little out. He is a hair's breadth off turning on the Charlie Kerno we've seen playing really, really well last year. And there you go. There's a consultancy in the mail. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't... Is that cost him an invoice? Was that a free I'm not even getting paid for that. <laughs> no, I think no, nothing for nothing no. with the... Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, just a warm beer. Um, I don't think he's very far off turning it on. Yeah. Okay. One to finish up boys, because time's against us. If Sydney go down to Richmond tonight, which many expect that they will, is it now almost officially the end of an era in some respects? Oh, this is oh. one for Bob. Oh, oh Bob. <laughs> now I'm on eggshells with the Swans. I'm, I'm waiting to be slapped by the Swans after throwing out hypotheticals, hypotheticals last week. No, but no I, I don't think – this is the same group that lost the first six games two years ago, and they I think they made the finals that year, so no. I don't think so. I think they've got some concerns, but no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to put my name to that. They're a lot younger though now. They've got there's a spread of younger players, sub fifty game players across the ground, like they haven't had out there for ten, twelve years. So, and they're good players. They're, they're, I think Horse Longmire's done really well producing these players, getting them into the club getting him into the Swans culture and, I mean, Papley move into the middle. They need more pace in there. He's That seems to be working for them. But they've got a spread of young players everywhere. Now, they're good players, as I said, but the fact that they're young still means they are vulnerable on occasion to seasoned, well-documented and credentialed opposition players of, you know, considerable note. They play well at Marvel. They really do. They've got a great record there. And I, I think this is a bit of a... 50-50 game for mine. Mm. I mean, Richmond were great last week, but they got a lot of things right. Port did a lot of things wrong late in the game, and it was a great victory for them. Edwards and Grimes were just enormous, and the kid, Ross, coming in as a first-pick midfielder. I know Martin's back, so that's another 
Cooley. Another big uh, big weapon coming into that midfield. It'll be a great game. And, and the Swans know the importance of this one. There's, there'll be a there'll be a lot at stake, and that's when the Swans are at their best. Can you see it as being a score fest, David? Well, I think Lance Franklin's going to show Bob why he's not going to be traded. <laughs> 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 so, yes. Oh, that'd be good if you gave me the big fist pump. Yeah. <laughs> this might come back to haunt you for some yeah. time, Bob, I reckon. I believe you said it. That was the crunch for Scooty. Turn your scooter into a oh. money-making machine. Drive for Scooty, Melbourne's first two-wheeled taxi. Bob. Let's just bounce around quickly and get some predictions <laughs> for today. Giants and Fremantle at Monica Oval. Our Giants win comfortably. Yep, same. Yep. All round. Melbourne St Kilda. Twilight footy at the MCG. Da- Dave, who's This will going? be a really good game, I think. Yes. Yes. The Ds the can't really have a great deal of confidence with what they're doing at the moment. And the Saints have. And, but Dermot's down, been down there during the week. I'd expect they'd kick minimum 25 goals. <laughs> <laughs> so this this could be a real percentage booster for the Saints. Uh, yeah. I, I, tip, <laughs> I, I, I tip while Dermot composes himself. I, I, I tip the Demons, but with this heat, the last time the Ds played in the heat wasn't so good. But I'll, mm. I'll stick with the Demons. Do you, do you bring the jumping bag out pre-game? <laughs> I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going. Richmond, Sydney tonight. <laughs> Did we just do uh, Yeah, yeah. I, I am going the Tigers with. with I tipped the Swans. Have you? Yeah. I'm not tipping. But you're very not tipping well. well. <laughs> I'm tipping well. They're playing poorly. <laughs> no, I think Tigers. it's a genuine 50-50. Tigers that's, just. That's you've just hit on one of the sayings that Alan Jeans used to use. If you got you say you're tipping well, they're not playing well. Yeah. Um, he used to use that when somebody got dropped. He'd say them. I'm just picking the team. You prove whether I'm right or wrong. <laughs> Love's easy. Boys, thank you. Enjoy your weekend. Lots of footy to sink our teeth into. Crunch time back next week. Thanks to Honda and for Subway. Stacks of footy across the day. Enjoy it. And we're back next week. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.